Welcome to Zion Fellowship's Bible Wire. In these podcasts, we discuss what the Bible says, line upon line and precept upon precept. Today, Tom Brennan will be continuing our study on the book of Acts. Settle in for the next few minutes and learn more about who God is and how he loves. Welcome back to Bible Wire. We are going to continue on with the book of Acts. And where we left off last time was a pretty amazing situation where the apostles had been arrested in the temple for preaching the gospel. And what happened after they were arrested is they were in prison and an angel comes and opens the prison doors and they come out. So where we left off last time was in Acts chapter 5, verse 21, which says this, But the high priest and those with him came and called the council together with all the elders of the children of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought. So that's the setup right now. So the leaders were united in their opposition to the gospel. They're now going to call them before the council to be reprimanded and flex their religious muscles and they're in for a surprise. So we'll pick it up now uh, in the book of Acts, chapter uh, chapter 5, verses 22. And uh, we'll start here. The apostles are on trial again. So, But when the officers came and did not find them in prison, they returned and reported, saying, Indeed, we found the prison shut securely, and the guards standing outside before the doors. But when we opened them, we found no one inside. And so you can just imagine the, uh, the uh, wait, what? And so, uh, so the angel even shut the door of the prison and left the guards in front of an empty cell. So there's definitely some divine humor here because the Sadducees did not believe in angels. And so you have this really quite humorous situation. Uh, they're thought to be in prison. They're not. They go to pull them out and they're out preaching back in the temple where they had been told not to be. So there's remark, so many remarkable things. This is remarkable obedience and boldness on the part of the apostles because they were arrested. And then as they were released, the thought would be, okay, should we keep on doing this? And the angel had told them, yes, you're going to continue to preach. Same place, same message. They went to the most public place that they could, the temple, and as soon as they could, uh, first thing in the morning, uh, the rescue from prison was wonderful, but it was for a purpose. So here we see something that this release from prison was not permanent. It didn't mean they'd never be arrested again. It didn't mean that at all, but it did mean that God had the power to keep the message going as he saw to it that it should be. So they could continue their work. They're set free, and uh, but it wasn't necessarily for their uh, for their comfort. The later history of these apostles uh, and the others associated with them in the early church shows that sometimes God delivers by a miracle. Sometimes he does not. According to church history and tradition, miraculous angels did not always deliver them. We know this because Matthew was beheaded. Mark was dragged through the streets of the city and died. Luke was hanged on an olive tree. John was boiled in oil, uh, but then died a natural death. Peter was crucified upside down. And, and the list goes on and on. Thomas was run through with a spear in India. Paul was beheaded in Rome. And so we have all of these very inspiring examples of people refusing to uh to be to be delivered 
and and therefore we look at them today as the heroes of the faith. So that is where we're looking. That's what we're looking at right now, happening in the Book of Acts. So now, when the high priest, the captain of the temple, and the chief priests heard these things, they wondered what the outcome would be. I bet they did. A high priest is wondering the captain of the temple, and if someone gets released from prison, that's a problem for the jailers, for a lot of people. So. One came and told them, saying, Look, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. So the high priest, captain of the temple, and chief priests heard these things. They were, in a word, freaked out. Uh-oh, what's going on here? And then they're told it's even worse. They didn't just escape and save themselves. They went right back to what the leaders forbid them to do. The, this boldness in the face of persecution is breathtaking and is the mark of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Then the captain went with the officers and brought them without violence, for they feared the people. I like that little aside there, lest they should be stoned. Now we see who is really on the defense. The religious leaders are the ones who are afraid of the people, and they're very gentle with the apostles, lest the people get riled up and stone them. It is significant that there is no self-examination, no consideration of the miraculous deliverance of the apostles on the part of the religious leaders, just a knee-jerk reaction that they had to stop this message, stop them from preaching about Jesus. Verse 27 and 28, And when they had brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest asked them, saying, Did we not strictly command you not to teach in this name? And look, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine, and intend to bring this man's blood on us. Now, it's interesting, because it, they do not mention the name of Jesus. They, they say, Did we not strictly command you not to teach in this name? They won't even say it. So, there is no reason for the apostles at this point to be impressed with the threats of the high priest. Why should they? They were just delivered by an angel. The effectiveness of the apostles is revealed by the high priest himself. You have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine. The message of the church was to, to be witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and in Samaria, in the uttermost parts of the world. And here they are in Jerusalem, and they filled the, the, the city of Jerusalem with their doctrine. So the early church was an amazing phenomenon, lightning in a bottle, and unmatched in their persuasive power, despite being unschooled Galileans, which is the equivalent of being a country bumpkin or a hick. They absolutely did intend to bring this man blood, this man's blood on them. There is a, this is, a, so that is part of what we have right here. They did intend to do this. That is exactly what the high priest said, but he was actually speaking a lot closer to the truth than he intended to. There is a fascinating fulfillment of the earlier words of the people in Matthew 27, where they said, when Pilate saw that he could not prevail at all, but this is in Matthew chapter 27, 24, and 25. When Pilate saw that he could not prevail at all, but rather that a tumult was rising, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. You see to it. Verse 25. And all the people answered and said, His blood be on us and on our children. So they actually did say that. So there was this thought of his blood be on us and our children. Also the fulfillment of the words of the high priest in John chapter 11, verses 49 to 52. And one of them, Caiaphas, being high priest that year, said to them, You know nothing at all, nor do you consider it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people, and not that the whole nation should perish. Now, he did not say this on his own authority, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation, and not for that nation only, but for but also that he would gather together in one the children of God who are scattered abroad. So we see that there is this prophetic fulfillment of his blood being on the people. Starting in verse 29. 
But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you murdered by hanging on a tree. Him God has exalted to his right hand to be prince and savior, to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses to these things. And so also is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. The conflict is clear, and there can be no agreement between these two positions. Either Jesus is the Christ, or he is not. And so the apostles, wearing white trunks, filled with the Holy Spirit and boldness, and with miraculous signs and angelic deliverance in one corner, the religious leaders, wearing black trunks, filled with jealousy, fear of man, tired traditions, and ambition to be great, in the other corner. As we sit and watch this play out, it is apparent that the simple message of the gospel is overwhelmingly convincing. This was a testimony faithful to the foundation of the Christian faith. Because Peter, when he spoke, he spoke of, in his very short response to them, he spoke of man's guilt, Jesus whom you murdered, Jesus' death hanging on a tree, Jesus' resurrection, him God exalted to his right hand, man's responsibility to respond, to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. The message is short, blunt, clear and cutting. There is no mincing of words on the part of the apostle. As Paul states before Felix in Acts 26, 26, these things were not done in a corner. They declare that they are witnesses of of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit. They draw a contrast between them, making the presence of the Holy Spirit the determining factor as to who is obeying God. So we're seeing right now that this this whole um, situation is really coming towards, it's coming to a head. It's coming to a crisis. They've been arrested once. They've been arrested again. And so now we are going to see the next thing that happens. And we're going to get into this uh, next time, which is going to be where one of the great leaders of the Jews at that time, Gamaliel, who actually was the teacher of Paul, who became the Apostle Paul, Gamaliel is going to be called in and we want to hear what he has to say. So that's going to be next time. So we're going to stop here right now. Again, thanks so much for listening. Uh, It's a fascinating story um, and we'll pick it up next time. We have reached the end of today's Bible Wire podcast. If you'd like more information about our church or if you'd like more resources related to this podcast, you can find us online at www.zionfellowship.net. We're also available on social media. Look for Zion Fellowship. Thank you for joining us today on Bible Wire.